Hello, Jen. Hey, Steve. So this is a good episode. And also, while we're on here, I would like to recognize the folks that wrote some nice reviews for us. Okay. So far, we've only received 10 ratings. and Only? Th- 10 whole people rated us. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. True. I looked at some of the other How I Met Your Mother podcasts, and they had a lot more ratings than us. But you know, they've been around for, they've been doing it for years and years. They have, you know, several seasons under their belt. I think there's only two others Yeah, two that I saw. Active. And one of them's, you know, started at episode one. They're like, you know, in their, the fourth or fifth season now, and the other one started at six, and I think they've pretty much completed it. Well, and that one, I think, is like the official... Like that, right. like people from the studio or creators or whatever. I thought it was with that. right, and I thought it was very strange they started at six because that's kind of when it started to get bad. <laughs> well, it's weird to start anything on season six that's off the air already. Yeah, true. Okay, so some good reviews here. EMS eighty six four twenty six says, "Have you met Stephen Jen? If not, you need to." They are legend, wait for it, dairy. They bring a fun show to life and have an interesting take. Thank you, EMS 86426. EMS, do you think they're emergency management services? Probably. They probably listen to us while they drive around in their ambulance. I hope so. We help save lives. It's true. Feels good. We shall do our part. Next one is love. I thoroughly love the discussions, conversations, and thoughtful analysis. I love Himyam, and now I love Himyip. Ah, that brings warmth to my heart <laughs> that they have used the term that I would have liked to have used if Jen didn't add her to her naughty list. I mean, I use it in on Instagram and hashtags, but I think I think we should get a vote of write in and think of you fans should be called Himyipsters. And then the third one is fantastic with an exclamation point or a mark. Love the show. It provided great discussion and hosting is top notch. Top notch, they say. Hooray. All right. Thanks, everyone, for leaving a a review. Zip, zip, zip. So if you would also like to leave us a review, that would be greatly appreciated. And even if not a review, a rating would be lovely. Yes. I am not above pandering. I was listening to... The last episode of Dak Shepard's Armchair Experts, and they have 50,000 listeners. I would wow. almost think it would have been more. Like, uh, of course, that dwarfs what we have, but. Yeah, no, I would have thought they would have been in the 100,000. Actually, that last episode that I listened to of Armchair Experts was their 19, I'm sorry, 2019 best of. Oh, nice. I should listen to that. I checked with the FCC. I wanted to do the same for us, and but I checked with the FCC, and they said we're not allowed to use the term "best of." <laughs> so thirty rock joke. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so zip zip zip. I have it ranked number seventy. Really? That was my Rob sister Nina, where I emphasize something I'm going to say. Okay, I see it. <laughs> That is our third highest ranked episode since we've started, and it'll be heavily eclipsed, all of them will, by game night. Yep. But IMDb has it at 8.2, so that's, you know, sort of their average ranking. Okay. Let's get, let's get into it. What a week. 
ding. That's my love it or leave it impression. Love it or leave it? Yeah. What is that? It's a podcast. Oh. It's a politics podcast. Okay. One of the guys that does Pod Save America. Oh, I, I could see it. I could see that term being used. Although it's sort of, love it or leave it, that kind of rings back to the old Vietnam days. Well, the guy's last name is Love It. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's how he starts one of the segments. Let's get into it. What a week. And there's like a little dingy bell. Okay, so you're going along with my let's imitate other yeah, I'm going. To, I'm going with the bit. Okay, good. I mean, it's... A segment. No, because we don't section it off. Segment sort of has to be sectioned. Yeah, but it just came to me. You okay. Can, you queued it up unintentionally. No, I like it. <laughs> Keep going. All right, so we have Ted starting off with recapping sort of the, the lead-up of Victoria for the kids, and his emphasis is on life, and life is full of firsts, and he goes through a whole bunch of firsts. I won't repeat them now. And we start off in the apartment with Marshall and Lily hanging outside of Ted's room, wondering how long Ted and Victoria have been in there without coming out. I think it's been two days Right. Now, Ted mentions that within the last 48 hours, they had their first kiss, their first night together, their first weekend together. And the assumption is, you know, their first night together. I don't know. I guess we have an explicit rating on here, so <clears throat> we can talk about it freely. But, um, yeah, Marshall and Lily assume that they've been doing it all weekend. Now, if Marshall and Lily have not seen them emerge for two days... Yeah, there no bathroom breaks, no food, right. no beverages. Yeah. Seems unlikely, but maybe Marshall and Lily have been busy. It's the weekend. There's errands to run. Sure. Okay. The door pops open, and uh, they scatter from hanging outside <laughs> the door, and it's quite obvious. And I like Lily, yeah, jumps over the couch, her hair's all disheveled. Like <laughs> they do a good job pretending. Mm-hmm. Ted and Victoria have a cutesy goodbye, and then as, as Victoria's leaving, and Lily goes. She's like, bye, Lily. Lily goes, oh, Victoria, you're here. <laughs> yep. That was a good one. Lily and Marshall approach Ted. They assume that he was been, that they've been doing it this whole time and are guessing at how many times. Ted said they weren't. You know, they just met. They're going to take it slow. So he gives a whole speech around that. Marshall goes, it was her idea. And he goes, totally her idea. <laughs> but, you know, Ted's going with it, so good for Ted. Three weeks later, they're at McLaren's, and it starts off with Ted saying he doesn't feel good. It's like his testicles have mixed with Pop Rocks. I, I don't get it. You're a guy. Do you know what Pop Rocks are? I do know what Pop Rocks are. Because some of our audience may not. That's true. Do they still sell Pop Rocks? I don't think they do. Hmm. Maybe somewhere. Maybe. There's a lot of candies that I don't see anymore that I wonder. They never, you never see like an announcement, this candy's going away. Yeah, maybe they sell things at, like, candy stores, but maybe they're not at, like, the grocery store. I want to know what happened to Sugar Daddies. Do you remember Sugar yeah, Daddies? they're disgusting. Oh, I, I love them. I hope they died a slow, painful death. <laughs> you hope they caught gonorrhea and burned in hell? <laughs> Ew, they're just, like, a blob of sugar. So gross. Oh, yeah, everyone hates that. But it wasn't good-tasting sugar. It was, like, I don't know, brown, but not brown sugar. It was chocolate. <laughs> it was just, like, chocolate on a stick. It was really gross. Mm-hmm. Beg to differ. Nevertheless, Pop Rocks, they were a candy that sort of had a rock-like texture, although very tiny. Uh, but you, you would, they were sort of like nerds, but when you put them in your mouth, oh, people might not know what nerds were either. I think 
nerds are still around. Small sweet candy that came in little pieces. You put it in your mouth, and it made like sort of a popping sensation, kind of like like uh, the bubbles in a soda, or you know when you put a piece of ice in water and you kind of hear it crackling or popping. It sort of made that noise, and also had that feeling in your mouth, and it was sort of a sweet thing. And there's always that you know legend of if you put it with mix it with soda, like it explodes. Yeah, it'll explode your stomach or something. So I guess his testicles feel like they're getting popped into by, you know, that kind of candy rock. I mean, again, I don't know how explicit we want to go with things, but doesn't Ted have an ability to take care of the situation himself? He does, indeed. So, yeah, they left that out. But, you know, he's just basically describing blue balls, more or less. I'm sorry, I misspoke. I said mixed with Pop Rocks, but Pop Rocks and soda. He did say that. So she's making him wait a month officially. And Marshall says, I would never put up with that. And <laughs> Ted says, you've only slept with one person. And I like Lily here. Bird. Yeah, like Lily's. She's not the one yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, fun time for her to not take his side. Barney says <laughs> that the only reason to wait one month to sleep with a girl if she's 17 years and 11 months old. I like that line, actually. Ugh, gross. Why? It's not gross to sleep with an 18-year-old. I mean, at this point, Barney's what, like late 20s? That's kind of gross. Mm. I mean, and it's not illegal. I don't think it's gross. I, maybe s- sad? I don't know. <laughs> it's but not gross. Maybe it's shady to know someone who's 17 and you're just kind of waiting there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 think you're getting, I think you're getting a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yes, what is the word? (laughs) Preachy these days. I don't know. 17 is still a child. Sorry, I I will step off my soapbox. When you were 17, you were dating guys that were going to jail. How dare you? (laughs) Robin shows up and wants to hang. Ted can't because of Victoria. Lily Marshall, it's their nine-year anniversary. Did you mention Robin didn't have to go to the cat show? Oh, yeah, I did. (laughs) I did notice that this time. I just didn't have any comment about it. (laughs) Just such a random, like, I like that they just, like, threw it in because her job is just That really does, yeah. That really does seem like something. I wonder if this episode was after Anchorman. (laughs) That's what I was just thinking of. Whiskers and Maximus. Yeah, and they, they sort of stole that from Christina Applegate's character having to take crap assignments and going to a cat. Yeah, I wonder. Cat show. Yeah, I feel like it was probably around the same time. So, yeah, that could be a nod. Good catch. Okay. Um, Lily and Marshall, they're going away for the weekend to a, was it a syrup? A maple syrup Maple syrup festival. festival. God, that sounds horrible. <laughs> I mean, maybe if it's like a, just a plain fair, that might be fun. I mean, we've been to, like, a strawberry festival. I mean, it's just, like, a festival with a theme, so I guess it could be okay. That wasn't so great either. It was just sort of an excuse to get Tyler outside when he was really little. Right, but just in general, it's just, you know, a place with animals and slides and food. and. Fair enough. They're all pretty much the same. So Lily and Marshall going to the Berkshires is where this harvest is. What is that? Is that, like, mountains or something? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing upstate New York. Probably. That was what I was guessing. New York Magazine's, one of New York Magazine's top five getaways on a budget. Who said sexy, sexual can't be sensible? 
All right. Robin makes a funny comment that their relationship is a fourth grader. I kind of find it hard to believe that Robin actually knows how old fourth graders are. I can kind of do that. I always remember, like, what age I was and what grade. Mm. Robin says, <laughs> looks like it's just going to be you and me. And Barney thinks he's talking to her. And he goes, really? He goes, I'm <laughs> talking to my martini. It's a good burn. Yeah, it was good. And Barney seemed to even appreciate it. Yeah. They're back at the apartment. <laughs> Marshall and Lily are ready to go. And they start listing the things they'll be doing. <laughs> and they all sound, you know, of course, horribly lame, like needlepoint and talking to middle-aged people about such and such. And so they decide to stay home. And I like how Marshall, like, throws his bag, opens his bag up, there's nothing in it. He goes, good, I didn't really pack. <laughs> right. He knew this is where this was going. We're back at McLaren's. And Barney is approaching someone at the bar. We know it's Robin. There's <laughs> there's a look on his face of like this suave, this is totally gonna work predator look <laughs> as he sort of slowly approaches and then tries a, a pickup line on her. And Robin turns around. Barney, it's the third time you've come up with <laughs> use that line on me. And um, poor Barney, he's he's lost without his wingman, even though I don't think Ted's ever really been that good of a wingman to well, him. Well, he does say that Ted usually look, you know, when he's approaching from behind, Ted usually looks at from the front and signals him whether to go or no go. Right. So which tonight which been... he did at OK Awesome Nightclub. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, but he's too busy being in a lesbian relationship. Right. Which, of, of all the masculinity shaming lines, that was a pretty decent one. Yeah, so yeah, that's the issue with Barney's blind approach, and Robin helpfully points out that he could just check the mirror, which I don't know why that never occurred to him. Yeah, he's not always... Sometimes he's brilliant, and sometimes he's not so bright. <laughs> right. In fact, next week we're going to see him being brilliant. Yes. Anyways, he is impressed by this mirror suggestion, <laughs> and he says he needs a bro for his broings on about town, and would she be said bro... And this is I've made I've mentioned this that whenever we see Robin with somebody outside the group, it's someone that's lovelorn, if you will. Yeah. It, well, actually, so this girl that Robin's with has been dumped, and it's actually the same girl that she was with in the pilot. How did you, did you recognize her? or Did you read that? No, I read it. Okay, I was impressed. Oh, really? Yeah, because I had like in my original notes, I've yeah, she's with another friend that's been dumped. Like all of her friends are terrible, and then I was just kind of like scrolling through information about the episode, and, yeah, it was mentioned that it's the same actress. Interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Well, good for her. So, she's, yeah. Poor friend got dumped again. And now she's making out with a stranger, so Robin agrees to join Barney on the town. Yep. To be his bro. We go to a cab ride with Ted and Victoria. They're talking about how there's one more week until it's time for them to sleep together. Ted sort of pretends that he has a notice that it's you know, getting this close to the day. Or that he hasn't she been calls him out down. on it. He caves pretty quickly and admits, yeah, I'm, I'm desperate. Um, but then she figures out that she's going to be out of town, so instead of pushing back, she decides, why don't we do it tonight? He yells out his address. And now we know their address is 75th in Amsterdam. Is that a real address? I don't know. Intersection? I don't know. Assuming, I don't know. I, I just don't know. <laughs> Okay. That, I think that would put them pretty close to, pretty even with Central Park. I have no idea. I know Broadway's around the 40s. That's all I know. Mm. 
Yeah, I feel like Central Park's like up around 65 to like 85 or to 90. Mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. Don't at me. Not to, actually, <laughs> you know what? At, you. Oh, well, they could at <laughs> us. Uh, we're at the apartment. Marshall and Lily are in the bathroom brushing teeth. Lily has those sweats on with pink on the butt. You used to have a lot of these pink sweatsuits or sweatpants that you would I wear. I did. I still have a pair that I wear. They're not... I don't have them on right now. I remember... But they're not on the butt. I remember there was that revolution of all... Everyone's like, all these women's sweatpants and sweat shorts having writing on the butt. Yes, it was be a like very juicy 2000s and, thing. Yeah. Whoever came up with that was a marketing genius, because that went hot pretty quickly. Yes. And us men did enjoy reading butt writing for a while. Yeah, I get it. You know, good excuse to look at a girl's butt. You can't yeah. really get in trouble for it. Ted and Victoria come in making out and Marshall closes the bathroom door and says it is on and thank God he didn't try and rhyme that with anything yeah thank goodness or do the robot they decide that they're going to hide out until Ted and Victoria move to the bedroom because if they spoil it one of them will have to have sex with Ted and it won't be him I thought that was one of the lamer jokes of the evening yeah kind of fell flat Okay, we're back at the bar, and not McLaren's. We're at a, looks like sort of a, a cigar bar, which they don't really have much of these days. It sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> well, Barney's already there. Robin shows up. She's got a kick-ass suit on. Yeah, she's suited up, and she looks great. He's about to order for her, but she interrupts him and says, nope, scotch and cigar, calls out what cigar she wants, says that her dad used to smoke. She said he was a cigar she doesn't use the word aficionado, but that would have been better. And Barney admires her daddy issues. And then they take some shots at Ted. Doesn't work that well, I don't think. But, you know, something about Ted can't drink because he's on his period. Or no, Ted he's can't pregnant. drink because he's pregnant, but then he can't be pregnant because he hasn't had sex. Yeah. But then they do a cool freeze frame high five, which I'm into. Okay. I forgot they did that. All right, we're back at the apartment, and now we're coming to what (laughs) I think is probably the best scene of How I Met Your Mother so far. Yeah, it's hilarious. And it's got some stiff competition because there's been some really good scenes. But I think this episode being ranked so high is almost purely based on this scene. And so I want to read some of the things, and the, the whole premise is Victoria and Ted are sort of talking their foreplay on the couch instead of enacting foreplay. And Victoria says, I think this may... Here, why don't you read Victoria's line and I'll read Ted's line. I think this may be a perfect moment. I wish we could hold on to it forever. No. Because the beauty of a moment is that it's fleeting. By its very nature, it slips through our fingers, making it that much more precious. And then Lily cuts in. <laughs> oh, that's bad. It's like high school literary magazine bad. Yeah, they talk, they joke about uh, how many times in this amount of time they've been on the couch, they would have done it. And then they do the, the first of what becomes many blind high fives between the two of them. And typically those high fives are about their sex, sex life. Yeah. <laughs> um, they can't go out now, but they're going to continue to listen. So go ahead. I want to know you. Like... Know your soul. Like, Ted, what makes you cry? (laughs) (laughs) And Jen and I are dying while we watch this. 
it, it doesn't matter how many times we see it. It's hilarious every time. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> Why is it so good? What do we like so much about it? I mean, it's sort of. It's pretentious. It's. People don't do this. People, I'm sure people do it. Somebody yeah, but you know what I mean. Like this right, is no, not typically this is not common really. behavior, right. and I don't want to know the people that do it. <laughs> but I like Ted and Victoria. But it's yeah, it's very pretentious, and it's very Ted. Mm-hmm. And this is what makes him and Victoria so good that she's so game for this, right? Yeah, I don't think it's either of them kind of just like, oh, all right, this is what we have to do before we can get to the main event. Like, I think they're both, like, really feeling this conversation and this They find know, it quite up. titillating. Ugh, I don't like that word. Oh, would you knock it off? You and your words. <laughs> oh, that brings me back to a segment that's been recurring lately. Uh, there's two things that I left out when I talked about things that, uh, tre- sayings, uh, especially on Facebook and social media that trended, that drove me nuts. One of them's so kind you of... you can have things, but I can't have things? That's true. Okay, so we're collecting words for you. We're collecting expressions for me. And I thought of two, since we've done our last podcast, that annoy me. One of them's kind of gone now, and one of them people still do. So one, the one that's gone is when people would say something, you know, sort of insulting towards someone, and then write, just saying. Do you remember that? Like, everybody was doing it for about a year. So is that better or worse than sorry, not sorry? I haven't ranked these. I'm not prepared (laughs) to rank them yet, but maybe I should. Um, Please don't. (laughs) But, and I'll admit that I wrote it a few times too, but it just got to be too much. Everyone was doing it. And then the one that people still do is they post something, usually political, and their caption is hashtag truth. The hashtag truth. Hashtag truth. Okay, so what bugs me about it is, I don't know, it's just one of those things that, you know, people aren't giving some sort of thoughtful analysis. It's hashtag truth, okay? So if you're posting something political, you know, give a little analysis of it. Show that you have some thoughts about this instead of hashtag truth. Secondly, that's not how hashtags work. You're just, what you're trying to do (laughs) is you're trying to do truth exclamation point. But you're doing hashtag truth because you think that means something. But it doesn't. Any thoughts on hashtag truth? You know, you've known that that bugs me. I have one friend that does it a lot. <laughs> and, like, I, he's even called himself on, out on it. Like, he posted a meme about people that do hashtag truths and copied me in to the Facebook <laughs> post to, like, you know, show me that he can make fun of himself on it. But at any rate, those are my, my latest two, although... Or rather, the two that I thought of. So don't do that, people. Lily gives a good, will you hold my hair back, as she's listening to this talk, this back and forth with Ted and Victoria. We're at the end of the scene with Barney and Robin. He was about to suggest they go do something, but he didn't say what it was. He also made a lot of comments about how much of a better bro she's been so far than Ted ever is. Yeah, Ted's never been to the cigar bar. Ted never suits up. It's interesting that he would invite her to that bar. But something interesting, I'll I'll actually get to it. Well, I'll get to it now because it just kind of carries into the next scene of laser tag. She loves everything they're doing. Like, she fits Mm -hmm. right in at the cigar bar. Yeah, for sure. She's really loving laser tag. I mean, they really make a good couple. With these kind of common interests. Yeah. And, you know, Barney kind of makes this argument 
a little bit later in the episode. But yeah, they are pretty well matched. And I, I guess they all this stuff is put in on purpose because they know where the story's going. I don't know. I don't know if they. Do you think they did this? I early? think they did. Interesting. I don't think they did when they started the show. I think they did maybe when they had Neil Patrick Harris and um, he was maybe more of a, a likable candidate for Robin than their original thought of what Barney was going to be. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I wonder if that information's out there anywhere. I would be interested to know if that was something that was plotted from the beginning. Yeah, I mentioned before that I read NPH's memoirs, Mm -hmm. the Choose Your Own Venture brand of it. He doesn't get that much into the show. Like he, He talks a lot about the people he worked with and his decision to take the role, but... Maybe we should write the book about How I Met Your Mother. Maybe. It could be the companion piece to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so when we get to Laser Tag, Laser Tag always seems to have a similar theme for Barney where it's him against a bunch of kids. It's <laughs> the only people that go to Laser Tag is Barney and a bunch of 12-year-olds. Yeah, and I've been to Laser Tag as a kid, probably like in my mm-hmm. early teens. When it just came out, it seemed so awesome. I don't think I've seen a Laser Tag place in a while. I mean, laser tag did look awesome. It wasn't as fun in practice, but like it was sort of everyone for themselves. But the ones I went to, you weren't like eliminated when you got hit. It was just, it was registered, but. Yeah, and I feel like maybe you had to like go reset somewhere. I don't remember. Maybe I'm not remembering it that well, but. I mean, I haven't played since I was probably like 15. So I can't figure out here if it's everyone for themselves. But Barney just kind of is trying to win the whole thing, so it tends to be him. It seems like it's him against a bunch of kids, or the kids eventually start to team up with each other to try and take him out of it before going after each other. I don't know. But it always does, you know, end up him against a bunch of kids, and at this time, (laughs) it's him and Robin against a bunch of kids. Okay. And I don't think Ted ever goes to play laser tag with him. Barney always asks, but I think Ted always turns him down. Eventually, Ted does TP. The laser tag plays with him, but I'm not sure if we ever see him playing laser tag with him. Oh, yes. I know Robin's dad ends up going playing laser tag with Barney. Does he? I don't remember that. Yeah. Okay. We cut back to the apartment. Marshall is looking out from the bathroom, and he tells Lily, he's just staring into her eyes. Mm. (laughs) Lily's sad that they're not this romantic anymore, and... I don't know. We're a few years past where Lily and Marshall are, and... Their relationship, and I don't know. I love you, but staring into your eyes is not something that I'm interested in <laughs> I li- spending our time doing. I literally try to avoid eye contact with you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so she's talking about how they're out of firsts. We go back to Ted and Victoria. They're about to go to the bedroom. She says, no, this, is, this isn't where she says she came away anymore, but they're about to go to the bedroom. And then his phone rings. And why, I mean, clearly, okay, so you have to talk about a show in two ways. One, why the writers put it in there, and two, why the characters did it. Right. So one, the, the writers put it in there so they could be out in the living room longer. We can have the Barney and Ted interaction. Why would the character, characters do it? He would never answer his phone. There, no, especially this makes not no for sense. Barney. Yeah, phones have caller ID. He would look at it, see it's Barney, ignore that, and go on with his evening. Right. But anyways, we'll move past that. But it does, you know, it makes a good callback. 
a little bit later when they're in the apartment, in Robin's apartment. So, yeah. For storytelling purposes, it makes sense. But, yeah, in actual life, no. It doesn't make any sense at all. Right. And we don't know what he, we don't know who it was or what it was about. Right, yeah. At this point, we don't know. All we hear is him say, sure, good luck with that. And then he hangs up. They decide to get more wine. And Lily wishes she could drink. She's going to look for cough syrup. It's a decent line. We're back at laser tag, and Barney and Robin are pinned down, and there's sort of this, you know, brave talk back and forth about how they wouldn't leave each other behind and leave no man behind, and they there's this big sort of slow mo <laughs> jumping out against the kids, and they just get blasted, and then like yeah, then it's no big deal. You want to, so you right. want to get a soft wrestle? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was a good uh, moment. Yeah, I like that. Ugh, then we're back in the bathroom. I am so done with this conversation between Lily and Marshall. Like, it's so tedious. Like, the, it's a very good episode, but just this Lily whining about why they aren't more romantic or lovey-dovey or whatever. It's just like, y'all, you've been together nine years. Some stuff is <laughs> going to change. Yeah. We don't have to talk about it for 20 minutes. I feel like that's what makes season two so good when, they, when they're apart. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, they, they are much more entertaining apart next season than they ever were together this season. Yeah, I mean, and I like them too. They're a great couple, but just yeah, this is so tedious, and it's just I feel like because of the constant cutting back and forth, I feel like it's just the same conversation over and over that they keep having. No, you, you nailed it. I'm annoyed by it too. Have they lost the romance? I think Friends does this better when Phoebe's dating the Michael Rappaport character, who's the cop. Mm -hmm. And Monica starts to get really competitive about who's hotter and heavier. (laughs) Right. And is constantly, like, forcing Chandler into sex to prove that they're still hot and heavy. Like, that's done well. I don't feel like this stuff is done for any laughs. They're trying to, like... I don't know, tug, tug at the heartstrings a little bit, and... Yeah, and it just comes off as whiny. And they do it, They go to this well, again, I've made this description before, but they go to this well too many times. It's something that Marshall's saying at this point in the bathroom. You know, they're, they're starting to hold hands, this is nice. Marshall says something to her about her having a hint of the crazy eyes. And I think he said he, had, he was giving her sexy smoldering with a touch of crazy eye. Yeah, so we see Crazy Eyes in a big way <laughs> next season. Right. Yeah, that's, that was a funny... It's meant to be something different. Placeholder. As they're, as they're sitting nicely together, he goes for a little feel-ski, and she cuts him off. And, and she gets mad, which you, you almost think that... Yeah, she would never get mad at that. <laughs> and then she has to pee, and then she announces she has to pee, then they play, like, dramatic music. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> right. No, it is funny, but I also feel like this is very unrealistic. That this would be any sort of big deal at all between this couple that is just way too into each other all the time and doesn't tend to have a lot of personal space. I'd rather you pee in front of me than fart in front of me. Yeah. But, like, we find out later, like, they share a toothbrush. Like, this just does not seem like a thing that would be a big deal to this couple. (laughs) I don't remember when it is, but the reveal that all three of them are sharing a toothbrush... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so funny they cut to commercial and come back and 
I think she's... They're talking about her peeing in front of him. He goes, you always think there'll be more time. I like that. Yeah, no, that was pretty good. It turns out Lily drank a big thing of Mountain Dew during the Quantum Leap Marathon. Have you ever seen Quantum Leap? I think maybe we watched an episode when I was in high school for some reason. But beyond that, no. It was a pretty good show. It was about a guy that... I can't remember why he's doing it, but he sort of is has a job where he's traveling through time trying to kind of fix things in the past. And it was really good, except I always sort of felt uncomfortable in scenes where he would jump into the body of somebody that actually existed. Hmm. And sometimes he would be jumping into women's bodies. And so there'd be often scenes, and you're seeing him, not the person who he jumped into. Okay. They show the person he jumped into like at the very beginning when he looks himself in the mirror and he sees himself as that other person. Mm-hmm. So then at that point you know who he's supposed to look like. And when it's a woman, oftentimes, I'm forgetting the actor's name, but he's kind of a hairy guy. And oftentimes he's wearing like sundresses and stuff. Oh, so he's like in costume yeah. as himself, but everybody else sees him as but the other person. Exactly. And he's he's wearing their clothes. Okay. And so often it's a hairy guy in a dress, which, you know, guys, wear dresses all you want, but I don't have to like looking at you being hairy in those dresses. I'm not not there yet. Okay. McLaren's. So are you taking a beat from the Atlanta episode that we watched yesterday? (laughs) I hadn't thought of that, but I'm not going to sleep with... With uh, Jenner, what's her name? With Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner, either. Fair enough. But I believe in her right to be a woman. Yeah, for sure. McLarens. We are there with Robin and Barney, and they're talking about cheating in Battleship. I don't really like this story line. It's. I think it's just, it's an excuse to get them into her apartment, but. How did Battleship come up? I can't remember. I can't remember. Hmm. Okay. She bends the ships. He stacks the ships, which is, it's all just idiotic because when eventually you turn your thing around and show that you won (laughs) and they didn't, they're like, yeah, but you were cheating. That's not a win. It's not like a win you're getting, you'd ever get away with. So why do it? I mean, but to people like Barney and Robert, they don't really care if the other person gets mad. They just say, I don't feel like, I feel like, (laughs) I don't feel like playing. I don't want to play. Instead of, I'm going to play in a way that I'm going to win, but not really, because you're going to see how I won, and then we just wasted an hour. No, but they still got the win. No, they don't. In their head. You've got to look at it from their point A win by cheating only counts if the other person doesn't know. Doesn't figure it out in the end. Like, if you're playing poker and you're dealing from the bottom of the deck and you win, okay, you could feel that win. I could see that. No one's going to feel a win after the other person realizes that you cheated to get there. These two would. Yeah. According to this writing, you're right. They say that maybe they'll have a, a grudge match, a cheater's grudge match. Robin spots a girl by the jukebox, and I want to mention that she's sort of standing there bebopping, like dancing as though there's music, and there's, they're playing no music in the, soundtrack, in the track <laughs> of this show. Like, there's no music going on in the bar that's audible. I mean, maybe she's got her headphones in. We don't know. No, you can see her ears a little <laughs> bit. They didn't have earbuds back then, so. Barney points out a woman for Robin with a blue shirt, 
And does Robin think that point out that she thinks she's a lesbian and Barney kind of makes a... Or or maybe she she hit on Robin earlier? No, Barney says... Yeah, because Robin points out the girl, the jukebox, and Barney says, oh, I I spy somebody for you. And then points to the person person in the blue shirt. She's like, that's a woman. And he's like, yeah. Right, the very fact that she's already a woman. Um, I guess I'm so used to open gay relationships now that I didn't blink an eye that he would have suggested that she might like the woman. Right. (laughs) Okay. Robin says she's going to go help Barney out by talking to the woman by the jukebox and goes up and says, I love your jeans. I like the woman's response saying, okay, is this a lesbian bar? Because that woman with the blue shirt just hit on me. (laughs) Robin's like, oh no, I'm definitely into the dudes. You know, especially there's no one here tonight except for Blondie in the suit and he's playing hard to get. Barney's kind of playing along with this. He's looking at the girl. She says, really? Because he's vibing me right now. And and she goes, she says to Robin, I don't think I, this was in the TV version, but she says to Robin, must be the jeans. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good line. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that was, that's weird that they would cut it, because I'm pretty sure that wasn't in the TV version. Yeah, that is weird. So Robin says she's going home with them. The other girl says, we'll see about that, and, and darts over to him. Yeah, plays right into it. We're back at the apartment in the bathroom. Lily's mad. Marshall points out that she does fart in front of him, but she says, yeah, but she covers it with a cough, and I like Marshall's delivery of, you always do. (laughs) We go back to McLaren's, and the girl's gone. Robin asks about it. Barney says that he likes to do a little catch and release. Do you know what that is? Yes, it's a fishing thing. Yeah. It's also, they, they describe it a lot with, like, when they've captured terrorists and then let them go and then kind of track them to, to see where they go, to see if they'll go back to, you know, Evil People Headquarters or whatever. (laughs) Evil People HQ, Inc. Um, There's a Leave No Man Behind. Uh, Recomment. They decide that they're going to go back to her apartment and play Battleship. And I like Robin here. She, like, makes eye contact with the girl that Barney was talking to and does, like, a little head nod. Like, yeah, told you I was going home with him. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah, I like that, too. We're at the apartment, and... They decide, Ted and, and Victoria decide, okay, it's time. She can't wait any longer. But they're just going to do it on the couch. Yeah, there's no time for the bedroom now. After they've spent, what do, we, what do you think, we're at like two hours now? Sounds about right. And we peek into the bathroom. Lily says, it's time to pee. And Marshall goes, I know. <laughs> and then we're at Robin's apartment. Robin is putting the dogs in the bedroom. She says, you know, get ready for some hardcore battleship and... Like Barney's hardcore, that's the only way I do it. Or play so it. So is that like his cue? Is that because she said that, did he think? Or did he think regardless that they were going to hook up? I think he thought regardless. And then that was like the added. Yeah, like, that confirmed it for him, I think. And so he starts he starts stripping. He starts trying to naked man. <laughs> she comes back. He's still in uh, in his boxers and mm. his, the shirt's just unbuttoned. And she's like, what are you doing? He says, I'm birthday suiting up. <laughs> There's a lot of of good lines in this where, you know, she's not into this at all. And he says, well, no, you, you were throwing yourself at me. And she's like, no, I was trying to throw some other girl at you. <laughs> and he goes, I hope you're happy. You sunk my battleship. <laughs> we're at the apartment in the bathroom. And Lily's peach says, I'm happy for my bladder, but I'm sad for us. 
She flushes, which makes noise, so they decide that they're going to go out. Now, through the course, I didn't mention this earlier, but through the course of them being in the bathroom, every time Marshall went to open the door, it was really loud. There's oh, yeah. no way they didn't hear that. Yeah. Plus, they're talking. There's, yeah. there's no way they didn't hear they're talking. Exactly. It's not like they had music on or something. And... Very sitcom-y. Yeah. That right. couldn't be heard. Right. And it's a New York City apartment. There, yeah, the bathroom's three feet away. We're at Robin's apartment. Oh, oh, they leave the bathroom. Yeah, and there's there's nobody there after the flushing. So we're at Robin's apartment. Barney sort of makes his case about why they should do it. He's not sort of he's not really making their case. His case is why they should be a couple. It's it seems more why they should go ahead and have sex with each other. Although his arguments really leaned more towards being a couple. Yeah, that they should. Yeah, I mean, he never really comes around and says relationship, but yeah, what he's describing kind of sounds like, you know, they would be a good fit because they both don't want to get married. They both want to be casual and have fun. They get along really well. I mean, Robin... Doesn't disagree. Yeah, I think despite her misgiving, she's kind of like, oh, no, that does make sense. She says, what about Ted? And we now we see Barney's side of the the phone call with Ted and... Robin's obviously bothered by this. Barney notices and gets her to admit that she likes Ted. And Robin asks him to keep that a secret. And Barney says, it's the bro code. Of course I won't tell him it's a bro code. A bro doesn't tell a mutual bro that a third bro has a crush on him. (laughs) That's our first introduction to the bro code. Yeah, and he then says, you know, just don't tell Robin, or don't tell Ted that I hit on you. Mm -hmm. He said it's quid pro bro. Which I think Trump could use as a defense uh, in his can this be a impeachment podcast, please. <laughs> he said, "Hey, look, it was just quid pro bro." I was reading the bro code. <laughs> Me and what's his face from Ukraine are bros. <laughs> All right, this is a politics-free zone. Um, and did you know that the bro code was an actual book? No, you mean like. Made by the show writers and they published it? Yeah, or? like we can actually buy a copy of the bro code. And okay. apparently there's an audio book read by NPH. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't want it, but good. Yeah, no, it's funny that it <laughs> it actually exists. We're in the apartment and Marshall comforts Lily by saying, you know, we still got the deuce. Gross. And, and, the, and the sweet thing is that this was a first. <laughs> and Marshall feels closer to her now. And then they start... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and then the lines start coming back. Yeah, they start imitating Ted and Victoria. Know your soul. This moment is... Fleeting because it's being chased by by another another moment. Which, that's not something we heard Ted and Victoria say. So maybe they either cut that out. I mean, I think it's their... Or or they're they're just ad-libbing at this point. Yeah. Yeah, just saying whatever cheesy thing they can... I mean, there was talk about moments and... That they're fleeting. And then they start making out, and Ted comes from his room in a bathrobe and says, come on, guys, get a room. Which is weird, because he doesn't, you know, recognize that, hey, what are you guys doing here? (laughs) And B, it's very sitcom-y. Yeah. Like ending, like, da-dun, Yeah, it's like... (laughs) Da-da-na-na-na-na. Yeah, it's a very... I mean, the the show obviously has its sitcom-y moments, but I feel like this was probably as sitcom-y as it gets with the, like complete suspension of like oh why are you guys here how long have you been here the obvious like oh i'm gonna feel disgusted at you for doing the thing i just spent two hours doing and then the, that mm-hmm. music was really weird too so it's just an odd way to end it good episode though oh yeah 
for sure. So you can find us at RunkleRecaps.com, on Twitter at RunkleRecaps, on Instagram underscore how I met your podcast underscore, and email us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. Um, please reach out if you have any feedback about our episodes, about upcoming episodes of the show, any fun facts about how I met your mother, just anything you want to share with us. We're happy to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Say hi. Reach out. Let's, let's make this a little more interactive. I we, like when people say hi. That'd be nice. That's my Aaron Mankey from Lore. Oh, man. You're really going with this <laughs> over and over with this bit. We were, we are actually traveling for to see Jen's family next week, but we're going to bring our podcasting microphone with us and try and do it from there. How I Met Your Podcast is going on the road. <laughs> well, we got to finish this podcast because it's fleeting and it's being chased by another, another podcast. podcast. So long. Okay.